This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless this is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 775 with Shireen Edison. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 775. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Shireen Edison is an entrepreneur, seasoned media executive, and transformational speaker. She's produced films, original TV series, and specials, created several companies, and led campaigns for some of the world's most recognized companies like ABC, CBS, Discovery, Facebook, Apple, Intel, Virgin, and more. A proud member of the LGBTQIA community, Shireen founded OML TV, a popular platform dedicated to streaming and curating quality queer female video content, and OML Originals, a female-led production company telling diverse female stories through the vast spectrum of film and television genres. Today, Shireen guides seekers in her six-week program, Free to Be, to help them disconnect their human being from their human doing in order to find true and lasting fulfillment. She lives in Marin County, California with her wife and two children. I love this conversation with Shireen. So many light bulb aha moments, things that you can relate to as you move through life and life gets thrown in your face sometimes and you have to rework things and figure things out and check in with your soul. So listen in to hear Shireen share what soul work is and why it's so important in this day and age how soul work is different than spirituality and different than those quote-unquote woo-woo practices, her six-year magical mystery tour of having to reconnect with her soul when she lost her partner and co-parent of 13 years and became a single parent of a five- and seven-year-old, the framework she uses to help people reclaim their souls through a six-week process, how to use her framework of taser, shield, filter, and hug to determine how to hold space for each person in your life, which by the way, this framework is so brilliant. It was like an immediate reset and renewal of how I kind of manage different relationships and especially ones that might show up in kind of tenuous situations for me. Like this is going to be a game changer for you. And then we end with Shireen talking about the importance of avoiding spiritual comas and spiritual bypassing. There are so many gems in this conversation. I know you're going to take away a few really good ones that you're going to be able to apply quickly to your life to shift how you show up in terms of checking in and taking care of your soul, but also how you interact with others in order to honor your soul. So with all that said, please join me in welcoming Shireen Edison to the Shameless Mom Academy. 
Shireen, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. So I always start with the question about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. So what are you most excited about right now? Gosh, how my book is being received and all the activities around it. I think that is completely new for me. And I'm really enjoying walking through this world as a novice. You know, Mm, my, my background is in film and production in the agency world. And, you know, you do it so often that it becomes kind of rote, though I always love what I do. This just feels new and sometimes overwhelming and, mm-hmm. and exhausting, but pretty amazing. I love it. So you just released your book, Free to Be. Huge accomplishment. So congratulations. <laughs> I've had the honor a couple of times or a few times in the last few months of going to local people's book release launches and book readings and book signings. And it's just a real big deal. It's years of work that go into writing a book. So how does it feel to be on the other side of that? Relieved (laughs) and super excited about what is to come. And you're absolutely right. Like I had no idea. I mean, you hear people say that it's quite the doing the journey. It's like I did the journey of the soul work and then I did the journey of the writing and then Mm -hmm. the journey of getting it published, which is, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's been really, really fascinating. And truthfully, it's, you really are kind of a solopreneur throughout this whole journey because there are a lot of people who come along and help you out, but it's on you, which Mm -hmm. is a bit different than the work that I usually do is so collaborative. Mm -hmm. And to move through it all on my own has been challenging, but also strangely reaffirming in many ways. I love that. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It is interesting, the things that we take on. And then suddenly we find ourselves like kind of alone in the middle of it. And sometimes that's a good thing, but sometimes that's a real hard thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been... I mean, some things have just been kind of a surprise, you know, like how in recording the book, I listening to myself over two weeks straight (laughs) is interesting, you know, and, you know, you talk about the monkey mind and, ooh, or the imposter syndrome, like it was loud, like amplified in the booth, like, why did you say it this way? No one's going to listen to this. No one's going to read it. Who do you think you are? And I'm just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a trip, but, and, and a lot of amazing things. I mean, like people just springing up out of nowhere and willing to help just because they love the book and mm. the contribution it will hopefully make in the world. And So I'm just, I'm blown away in in many ways and just super, super grateful. I love it so much. So we're going to talk about soul work, which is what the book is about. So why is soul work important in this day and age? And when I say soul work, I would love it if you could also define that for people, because I'm sure that people are making all sorts of assumptions about what that even means. Yeah. And I'm glad to, and and I hope that more and people actually join in on kind of the redefinition of spirituality, because when I actually don't even like the word spirituality, because, you know, when you talk about mental health or mental wellness, you don't say mentality. And spirituality has historically gotten confused with either religion or all things woo-woo. And -hmm. truthfully, the soul work that I'm talking about has nothing to do with either. It's like, practical spirituality, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So the work of the work truly has nothing to do with, you know, going to a mountaintop and oming it out or wearing Tibetan jewelry and, um, you know, whatever we think of going to yoga. I mean, all of those things are wonderful, but they don't add up to soul work. Soul work is truly about getting in touch, reclaiming our inner star, our true essence. And there are multiple studies on what they call disassociation. So somewhere between the age of zero and five, zero and seven, we disassociate. 
from our true essence. We are born as babies and toddlers. We have tremendous Shwadaviv. We are working straight out of our true essence. It's what we're born with. It's our birthright. And then somewhere between zero and five, zero and seven, there is an event that happens where we either don't feel safe or we don't feel worthy, whatever the cause and whatever the degree. So it could be that you are in an unsafe environment, or it could be that your parents just took too long to come to the crib and you realize how you have been acting is not the way it should be. So Mm -hmm. you shift and you start taking your clues from the outside world rather than the inside. And we do that on a very, very early age. Mm-hmm. And then it compounds, right? Because then we're taught to, you know, study this and that and get the grades and don't do this, do that, play by the rules. And you've got to do this in order to get the grades in order to go to the colleges you want. You've got to go and study the things that you want in order to, you know, and so on and so on. So by the time we are an adult, we are so far removed from that true essence. And you hear people are like, follow your bliss or follow your heart, which follow your heart is a total misnomer, which I can talk about, but follow your bliss. Like most people don't know what their bliss is and everyone's addicted to happiness, you know, and, and that the problem with happiness, which is great, but it's temporal, Mm -hmm. it goes away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this addiction to happy, 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 and, and life just isn't a series of happiness. Yeah. So it's about, an excavation through all these layers of white noise, through all the muck, all the schmutt (laughs) that has been acquired throughout the years of us adulting to get to that true essence. And then once we get to that true essence, what do we do with it? So that is soul work. And again, it's, there's nothing woo-woo about it. Like you Mm -hmm. can't sit there and do bunch of magical thinking and then be like, okay, meditate your way into it. Correct. I mean, meditation is amazing. Not all Mm -hmm. people are meditators, Mm -hmm. which I talk about in the book so that there's other ways Mm -hmm. of centering and becoming Mm -hmm. present and, and cultivating awareness and and consciousness. That's not necessarily just oming it out, Yeah, but it's that work. And it's also really hard work to do, you know, the same way that when you go to therapy, that's actually another thing is that, like, if you decide that you are going to change your diet, you do your research, you may talk to a few nutritionists, and figure out a plan for yourself. If you want a better, more in shape body, you go to the gym, and you figure out a routine for yourself or work with a personal trainer. If you um, are possibly having some um, emotional or mental issues, you'll go to a therapist regularly and figure that out. But then when it comes to quote unquote spirituality, like anything goes, right? Mm-hmm. Like spaghetti to the wall. No, that didn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> but truthfully, so when I talk about practical spirituality, that's what it's about. It's truly customizing a practice that works for you and truly practicing it. I mean, the the Buddhists call people who practice Buddhism practitioners for a reason. Mm -hmm. So we all become practitioners of our soul work. I love that because it sounds like it can be very imperfect. And it also sounds like there's not necessarily a destination, which just opens up for like a lot of I think freedom around individualizing things for what you might, what you need as an individual, but also like what you might need in any given season of life. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because the Buddhists, and I'm not particularly Buddhist, but a lot of the Buddhists can't even call it a religion because it's all about the God within. So it's truly a philosophy. But the Buddhists say there's a saying in in Buddhism that the journey isn't from here to there, it's from here to here. Mm. So it is for sure, constant and ever evolving. Like Mm -hmm. that's why there's also the symbol of the Lotus that the more you open up, you also can't hopscotch. You can't leapfrog through the steps. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to get to a level of consciousness or an awareness 
for something else to open up. But yes, the the journey never ends. You went on your own six-year journey to reconnect to your soul. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? I think that our listeners would appreciate hearing it. And also I know that, you know, you're a shameless mom. And so let's integrate that piece just a little bit for our audience. For sure. So yes, I call it my magical mystery tour. (laughs) I I love it. So at the end of 2013, I uh, went through a really big breakup. I had been with my partner for 13 years, we were good friends for nine years prior to that. And 22 years of friendship, love, commitment, partnership vanished after a 20 minute conversation. Mm, Of course, in reflection, I could see how it was coming. But that's kind of how it blew up. And I want to say that it kind of it propelled me into my soul journey. But truthfully, it propelled me into an abyss of darkness. Mm. and nothingness. And that frightened me. It frightened me and confused me. It frightened me because I didn't understand why. I knew fairly early on that this wasn't a matter of a broken heart, like everything felt broken. And what was confusing about it was that I had, I mean, outside of a breakup, which is devastating for most, I had all the things that define a successful life, right? I had the positions, I had the companies, I had the accolades, the awards, the money, the the, the houses, the cars, and I felt dead inside. Mm. So I was like, what the hell? I mean, this isn't just about a broken heart, but I realized that it's what broke me. Mm. So what frightened me besides not understanding what was going on, was that my kids at the time were also five and seven. Mm. And I was like, this can't be how the story ends. And my unraveling will be the second blow to their lives. I mean, besides me and their other parents separating. Yeah. So I set out to find out and set out on my soul work, which without even realizing that was what I was doing. In the early years, my motto, my hashtag was better than this, which was if the next minute, the next hour, the next day, the next week was better, a little bit better than how I was feeling the moment, day, hour before, that it was an improvement. So it was Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny little steps. And I read a lot of motivational books, inspirational books. And I call myself a half-assed spiritualist up until then, you know, (laughs) I I kind of spiritual whenever convenient, you know, going to a retreat or if I was ever in trouble, I would be like, Mm -hmm. you know, God, please get me out of this, (laughs) Uh, you know, and I'll believe in higher self, higher consciousness, whatever it is. And then as soon as it would get good, I'd be fine, you know? So I decided that I was going to leave no stone unturned, looked in every nook and cranny and sat with what was. And it was super uncomfortable and enlightening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, it sort of uh, kind of imagined that I was a sloppy Buddha under the Bodhi tree, you know, Mm because I had no idea what I was doing. You could argue that the Buddha didn't when, you know, he started out either. But but it was like that, like I was, I call it bobbing for spiritual apples, you know, I had no clue what I was doing, but I one step, you know, one foot in front of the other, and it was transformative. I kept on pushing myself and pushing myself. And the challenge, of course, was that I was still doing all the work that I was doing and now single parenting Mm. and doing the soul work. So a lot. It was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, but completely worth it. Like, you know, they say that if you want different results, do things different. I did everything different besides the the parenting and the, you know, the work that I knew that I needed to do because that was sort of like my safe place. Yeah. Yeah. And then just diving into this world of discovery. And I had a lot of aha moments along the way. 
But it was truly after six years that I felt that I had righted my own ship mm-hmm. and um, felt really good and whole and truly felt like I had rewritten my story and realized that if I knew what I was doing when I was at the crossroads, that the whole process could be distilled into six weeks, which Mm -hmm. is the book that I wrote. So I basically wrote the book that I wish I had. Yeah. At that crossroad and on your knees, though Mm -hmm. you certainly don't need to be on your knees to benefit from the book. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I know in the six-week program, that you have categories for reclaiming your soul. Can you talk a little bit about those categories? And I think that'll help people kind of ground, I think some of what you worked through, what you were able to come out with on the other side and now how you're using that to serve others. Absolutely. So when I talk about removing the layers of schmutt that we have acquired, the best way that I found to do so is really defining and separating our hearts, minds, and body as what I call the tribe of us, but not confusing one for the other. So I start and I, and I have, I've structured the book really deliberately. There's a reason why it's six years, not only because I, I live six years that are distilled into six weeks, but those six weeks are structured so that 
the first part of the book and the second part of the book are each three weeks. So 21 days and 21 days. And they say that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. It doesn't cut out. It doesn't turn out to be that cookie cutter, but Mm -hmm. right around that time, you can make or break a habit. So the first part truly is about undoing ways that you're thinking, feeling, acting, and shifting our perspective on our relationship to our minds, our hearts, and our bodies, which I could talk more about. And then the second part of it is really building new habits, um, which I can also talk about. The very first week, we start out with brain detox because that is the biggest culprit to anything that we deal with. Our minds, and this is not just me (laughs) stating it, it, there's science behind it, there's studies, our minds tend toward the negative. We lean toward the negative because that's how we're made up. So they say somewhere between 70 or 80% of our thoughts are negative. And we have something like 60, I, I believe it's something 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. And 95% of those, up to 95% of those are reoccurring. Mm. So we have negative thoughts that cycle in our minds. And now, especially in today's world, we are also consuming content 24-7. So you can imagine what our minds do. And then we go to sleep, which is the only time everything is supposed to shut off. And because it's so quiet, that's when our monkey minds work the best. Like, oh, my God, there's silence. Mm -hmm. You think of all the things things now. (laughs) Correct. All the things you've done wrong. All the things you need to do. All, you know. All the apologies I should text in the Correct. morning. Like- <laughs> 10 years ago that we could have done better, you know, yes. whatever that is. <laughs> oh, why every, I saw this meme that said, you wake up at 2 a.m. and realize that every sea in Pacific Ocean is pronounced different. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's yes. what happens. Yes. yes. So there's really no reprieve. And what we don't realize, and by we, I mean globally, we don't realize that we're consumed by our thoughts Mm -hmm. and that our thoughts are often incorrect and lean toward the negative. So it's no surprise that we end up all stressed out and have the world that we have. Mm -hmm. So the very first thing to do is to detox our minds. And we do that by filtering the content and the amount of content we consume and figuring out ways that we can step into consciousness and awareness, whether that's through meditations or other methods of doing it. Like there's walking meditations, there's dancing meditations, there's, and truly all meditation is, is an exercise in separating ourselves from our thoughts so that we can step into awareness. And then once you step into awareness, there's tremendous power in it because you realize that you're having thoughts and the thoughts don't have you. And that one aha moment alone can just be enough for the book. Like you can put it down and you're good. (laughs) Yeah, I suggest you read the rest. Week two is all about heart detox. And what I talk about in there is that the heart, we task our heart with what the soul should really be in charge of. The heart is truly, I mean, you talk about the inner child. I talk, I reference it as our inner puppy. Mm-hmm. All that inner puppy or inner child wants is to be loved, to be acknowledged, to be seen, to, and to be cared for. That is mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So feel all the feels. And I talk about the, our basic emotions and complex emotions, but really just be mindful of what the heart needs. And it's super easy to also gauge what it is you need. Because if you're in a situation or with you're with someone, you just ask yourself, is this situation, is the interaction with this person expanding my heart or contracting it? Like right now, my heart is expanding because I'm having conversation with you. And then I'll be in situations that contract it. Do I really need this in my life? And I have this process, I'll say quickly, it's called laser shield filter or hug. And Mm -hmm. I say, put everyone in your life through those filters, tasers. So 
emotionally tasering, not physically tasering Mm -hmm. or mentally tasering people out of your life. These are toxic people that don't belong in your life. Yeah. Just get rid of them however way you can. Shield is a tricky one because it's like a co-parent, right? Like an ex that you have to co-parent with or a mother or a boss that is, you know, might be annoying or, or whatever, but needs to be in your life. So figuring out how to set boundaries and keeping it with them. Filtering is truly just realizing not everybody is your people. So don't go oversharing with people, especially on social media, just because people don't have the context that they need, end up adding their own stories to it. So filtering what you say, that's truly on you. And Mm -hmm. um, hug is those people who, as Brene Brown says, have deserve a space at your table. Yeah. A seat at your table. Those people you hug hard and also listen to what they say. I have two besties and neither one of them let me get off. If I've done something that is not cool, they -hmm. will let me know it. And they have the right to let me know it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in someone on the bus. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I mean, that framework is so powerful because it allows for like the people that have to be there, your examples of like certain family members or a co-parent where you're like, I got to, you're going to be here, but also like, I can only like coexist with you in certain ways. And then the filter, I mean, I think that all of the, like the four ways of categorizing allow for, I think, feeling a lot of power in your relationships versus feeling struggle and sometimes confusion or even disorientation when you're like, how do I continue to navigate this relationship? Or even obligation. Like healing yourself is truly self-care. Yeah. You know? So no guilt around that. Like this is just not healthy for me or I need to interact with this person, but only to this degree. And no more. That's self-care. Yeah. So the, the third week is all about detoxing the body And not just what people assume is, you know, sleeping better, eating better, exercising more, but it's shifting our relationship with our body as our only vessel through life. I call it our Uber (laughs) ride through life, but it's even more than an Uber ride because, you know, if something goes wrong with it, you are responsible to fix it. So really shifting that because truly most people, the relationship we have with our body is to either ignore it or abuse it. We either expect it to come along with whatever we're doing and exhaust it till it can't anymore. And therefore, we either have to take a break from everything in order to recenter ourselves or, you know, we get some sort of disease. So it's truly shifting our relationship with our body as our sacred vessel through this life. Yeah. And once we have done all of that, once we have been able to detox the mind, the heart, the the body, then the soul can emerge. It actually, it becomes a byproduct because it's been there all along anyway. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Hey, you finally found me. I mean, if you have this image of excavating, And suddenly, you know, like you break in, the light shines through and there it is. There's your soul. It's been sitting there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now you have it, you hug it, you're one with it. What do you do with it? Week four is my very favorite chapter because it's all about play. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple studies on why play is important for adults. I mean, sorry, we stop playing as we start adulting. Yes. Pretty much as soon as we begin disassociating. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for us to go back to playing. And the only rule of playing is that you do so without purpose. Mm. So you intentionally, unintentionally play. Which is really hard. Like for a person like me, (laughs) like I'm like for content creators, or I think that falls, multiple people fall into this category, but I have been really guilty of like, I'm going to take up a hobby or do this thing. And like, and then I can have a podcast episode about it. Like, like, like it can't just be like a thing I quietly go do just for my own entertainment. Well, that's the thing. And I, I was, we were in Florida like a couple of months ago and I was just watching these 
kids play on the beach and they all had their roles and um, they were doing all this stuff and they were so intent. And it wasn't like they were like cracking up, like it was very intentional and they were building sandcastles or whatever it was really close to the water. So you knew within like a couple of hours it would be gone. But I mean, they were so intent and there was teamwork and all of that. And I'm like, that is play because you're doing it for the purpose of play and no other reason. Yeah. You feel alive and you feel connected and you're, you know, present in the moment. There are eight different play personality types. Mm. So it's really good to figure out the same way that a workout for someone else may not work for you. It's figuring out what I'm a combination of three of them, which I won't go into right now. But, and then there's other things that just other personality types that just don't resonate with me. So I feel like people need to go buy the book just to learn how to play better. If there's all the the play personalities. (laughs) Yeah. And really realizing that it's important to play. Mm -hmm. And, And by play, I don't mean like, Our sense of play is either going to Vegas and doing things that should stay in Vegas, Mm -hmm. which is not (laughs) what I mean, or like we end up going to dinner with someone or go to a bar, right? Like, what Mm -hmm. do we do? We get together with girlfriends, spa days. Yeah, great. But we don't usually do that. And spa days are great, but they're not play. Yeah. We go to, you know, restaurants and bars and usually consume alcohol And what do we talk about? Work or relationships? That's not play. Mm. Play as in like doodling, swinging, skipping down the street. Again, depending on your personality, your play personality type. So that's week four. And I love that chapter week. Week five is all about getting in touch with our higher self because People tend to, because spirituality is so woo-woo and pie in the sky and nobody knows what it is, people often confuse one soul with spirit. So our souls are unique imprint in this universe. No one else, not an organism, has the makeup that you do. Not one. Anywhere. Yeah. So super, super unique signature in this universe. Spirit is what connects us all. You could call it God, Allah, higher consciousness, universal energy, whatever it is that feels right for you. And it's the dance between the soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's week five. And that's really important to distinguish because we still need that true north that the soul can tap into and work toward. So week five is probably the most (laughs) woo-woo the book gets, but really important. And then week six is all about rewriting one story. And Mm -hmm. again, it isn't like, hey, good luck with that. You know, now go for it. I actually have a Venn diagram for how to rewrite one story. So, and that's really important to point out because again, when people say, follow your bliss, it's the how, like, how do you do it? How yeah. do you spiritual? How do you find your soul? So these are very, it's truly step-by-step. Step. I, I hold your hand and walk you through it, but it. you have to do it. And I wrote the book. So this is also important to point out. I wrote the book so that it would be experienced and not just read because mm-hmm. when something is conceptual, It's very, very different than having that aha moment. And we have those aha moments when we experience it. So the book is meant to be immersive and experiential and not just conceptual. So if you're just reading it and like, "Hmm," and not doing the exercises, that's fine, but you're not going to get the full benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? 
You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Um, and that's such an important point. And to your point around like needing to practice something, you know, 21 days in a row and like, yes, the, that integration is really important. And discipline. Yeah. What do you mean when you say to avoid spiritual comas? You talk about spiritual comas. Can you dig into that a bit? Yeah. I, you know, I think that's more for people who have been doing this work for a while Hopefully, if you've been doing the work for a while, you realize when you're going into a spiritual coma Mm -hmm. or you're spiritual bypassing. But Mm -hmm. it's truly the idea that you're glossing over your life because you're now spiritualing and everything is fine. It's truly like tapping, realizing. And again, I love retreats and I love ashrams and all of that. But I don't want to call it danger. The flip side of that is that, you know, people will go to it and live there (laughs) or, Mm -hmm. you know, end up running away from their responsibilities or their lives. And it's fine to recreate a life that works for you. But if you feel that you are not dealing with the true issues, the issues that continue to gnaw at you, and you are glossing it over by quote unquote, spirituality, then that's a spiritual coma. Like you go, Mm. you're so removed from, I don't want to call it reality, but, but what is Mm -hmm. the world that we're living in, that you're living in a spiritual Disneyland. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not, you are not a spiritual warrior out in the world. You are, you know, doing your thing in your own world is kind of like being in a coma. (laughs) And it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're saying that if you're doing the work then, and you're integrating things in a way that allow for you to connect, reconnect to yourself, process things and actually like lead to healing, which is a process of doing some actual work versus a hiding avoidance and like running away from things rather than run working through things. Is that Absolutely. Or relying on, I mean, I I believe that there are many teachers in this world and people living at higher levels of consciousness that we can learn from, but blindly following a guru, like Mm, I, I don't ascribe to one set of thinking or follow one person and discount all the others. Yeah, yeah. So that's a form of spiritual bypassing and going into a spiritual coma. Somebody else is doing your work for you. Well, you've used the words, the term spiritual bypassing a couple of times now. Can you explain? And we've touched on this a little bit at different times in the show, but um, I don't know that we've touched on it with someone who's done the depth of the work that you do. So can you explain what that means to people so that they can recognize where they might be susceptible to that and how to avoid it? Yeah. So what I just mentioned, following some guru blindly mm-hmm. is one of them. Yeah. Also what they now call toxic positivity, whether you do it to yourself or to someone else, someone, a dear friend of yours comes and says, my father died. And your first response is, well, he lived a good life mm-hmm. or, you know, God rest his soul. You still have your children and you need to you know, chin up for that rather Mm -hmm. than, oh my God, let me sit there with your pain. I can imagine this must be excruciating or whatever it is, a divorce or whatever, sort of like, you know, look on the bright side and all those things are great. But if you need to grieve, grieve, if you're Mm -hmm. in pain, feel the pain. Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's that it's spiritual window shopping, like spiritualing when you feel it's convenient Mm. and truthfully spiritual work, soul work. I actually call it spiritual wellness or spiritual health has to be integrated in our lives. And it is an on or off switch. Either you're doing it or you're Mm. not doing it, shutting it off, turning it on, shutting it off, turning it on just doesn't work. It, it makes it's not doing it. <laughs> well, it's sort of like going to a gym, you know, <laughs> once every six months and you're like, you may feel great afterwards, but you're not going to see long lasting results. It's the same thing. So that's a form of spiritual bypassing or staying and oming and, and wearing Tibetan jewelry and thinking that you're, that defines spiritual work. Again, that's great, but <laughs> you need to do the work of the work. Yeah. So and yeah. I list many others, but that should give you a, a sense. Yeah, that's super helpful. Oh my goodness. Who is free to be written for? Who should go buy the book? You know, I would say anyone who feels muted, mm. feels like having a sense that life must be more than this, you know? I mean, certainly people at a crossroads, but truthfully, anyone who feels that they are living life from the outside in, because this work is all about flipping it. Yeah. And like, I know that I am on my path and doing what I need to do. And mind you, I have to say that this isn't about more productivity or getting more organized or any of that. Truthfully, your purpose may be that you are the best person you can be. (laughs) whatever that is. yeah. And if you're an electric engineer, be an electrical engineer. You know, Mm -hmm. if you are an accountant, be an accountant, but begin taking your cues from the inside. And again, there are, it isn't like, okay, I'm going to do that now because we're so far removed from knowing what that is. So that's the work. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Can you tell people, I didn't ask this at the beginning, so I want to know how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom, but I didn't ask how old are your children now? So they were five and seven. They Would are, you... uh, it's a decade later. Okay. A decade, decade later. Um, actually, November 1st will be the 10 year anniversary of the, okay. the breakup. And so they're 15 and 17 now mm-hmm. and total teenagers, screenagers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm... how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom with two teenagers? boldly, you know, (laughs) I love it. uh, The other day, my daughter said, you know, mom, my friends all really think you're cool, but they're also kind of scared of you, (laughs) you know, because I am bold in what I do. Mm. You know, I am a mama bear. I am, there is, I offer my kids consistent love and security. And my parents did the very same for me. Like I always say that I feel like I won the lottery of, of families because my parents and my sister also, like I've known all my life that I have them as a safety net. We may not see eye to eye and we certainly have had, you know, our ups and downs, but I know that they always and will always be there for me. Yeah, And that's the type of parent that I am to my kids. So I'm not the loosey goosey parent. And I certainly keep myself in check all the time. But for me, what is most important is that I show up for them, that I provide them with consistent love and support and safety. And then aside from that, it's, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, any mom to any parent to a teenager knows what a challenge it is, because as soon as they step into adolescence or teens, you become uncool, you become cringy, you become, you know, whatever it is. I have a 10 year old and I'm already all those Oh my God. I thought I had, I thought it didn't, I was like, oh, no one gave me the memo that it starts at 10. I thought it would start at like 12, 13. I think they start, I think they start earlier now. Oh my gosh. Lucky you. I know. I know. 
Oh my goodness. Shireen, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for this conversation. Can you tell people where they can go connect with you, get the book free to be and find you on social media? Yes. So the book is available on the major platforms, Amazon, of course, Barnes and Noble, a few other book sites, also now in many independent bookstores, which are important. Yes. Support, support our local bookstores. And anything that is related to me as an author or transformational speaker is in my name. So shereenatassam.com, my social handles for Instagram and TikTok are also shereenatassam. And I have a private Facebook group called Innermore. If you're interested, that one I keep private just because we have conversations like this. Mm. And again, if people are visiting publicly and don't have full context, it's different. But if you're interested in that, please request to join. Again, it's called Innermore. And I love hearing from people. So if you go to the website, if you find me on Instagram or TikTok, more so on Instagram, please direct message me. And I do my best to get back to people. I may not necessarily see it in a comment. But if you DM me, I will get back to you. Maybe not immediately, but I do. <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness. Shereen, this has been so great. Congratulations again on releasing the book. I know that it's going to help so many people reconnect to their souls. It's going to be so healing for so many people. I love that you said that this book is for people who are feeling muted. And I think that that can mean so many different things, but I want those of you who are considering um, or are feeling like you're feeling like you've lost your voice, you've lost your power, you're feeling stuck, you know, you maybe have some healing to do and you don't know where to begin. I know that this book will be really transformational for folks. So Shereen, thank you for being here. So honored to have you here today. Thank you so much for the conversation and the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.